I never thought it'd be this. I'm jumping out of your arms. I'm letting fall in. What's up? My name is Ryan Shepard, and you're listening to the Dear Charlie podcast, episode four, day five of this social experience. And as I said before in the previous podcast, this is the last, well, the previous podcast was the last time I'm going to explain the reason why I named the podcast Dear Charlie, what this podcast is about. If you want a brief background before you get into this episode as to what this podcast is about, why it's named, what it's named, you can listen to any of the three or four previous podcasts and get an idea and come back here or listen to that episode and just binge listen all podcasts is all podcasts is wow i'm pluralizing podcasts all podcasts are under 30 minutes preferably i'm going to get them down to all under 20 minutes because these podcasts aren't meant to be hour-long exposés into my life or into news or things of that nature it's just really me there i go again explaining what the podcast is about me talking to my father think of these podcast episodes as journal entries or diary entries of questions I wish I could have asked my father before he passed away. So today's podcast is about a question I wish I could have asked him. And as I referenced in the last episode, these next few podcasts is going to be more personal than previous episodes. So if you want to talk more about news, I think next week will be more of your lane but if you want to kind of hear me talk through things in my life that were news related because as i'm about to explain the po- the personal story that i'm about to share was in the news um and is in the news currently so it's going to be more personal and the question i would have wanted to ask him is did i make the right decision in going to american university for college if you know me you know that i don't like talking about american university i don't When I think of my time at American University, it's not necessarily that I hated it. It's that it takes me a long time to get from the bad to get into the good. And there was a lot of good that happened while I was there. I have some of my best friends that I met at American University, some of the best professors that I ever had, and just role models that I had as people I met at American University. And they're good people. But a lot of my experiences there were weighed, outweighed by the bad. And as I shouldn't say as many people, but just I can only speak from my perspective. It You oftentimes miss out on the good because you're focusing on the bad and because the bad hurts so much. And that's what I think about American University. It's not necessarily that the bad, the good didn't happen and that it wasn't meaningful in the moment and that I don't have pictures and I don't have memories of those good moments. But a lot of the bad really just kind of sits there. And the reason why it sits there is because a lot of it is in the news. Yesterday when I was at work, um, I'm recording this before I go into work or work from home. Today's my first day working from home. Woohoo for me. Um, But before I went into work yesterday, I was on Twitter. And if you're listening to this, you probably know that I'm on Twitter too much. <laughs> I would, I shouldn't even say I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm on Twitter too much. But I saw a tweet, get a lot of retweets, um, thousands actually, about a story that happened at American University while I was there. And then I was not just there, but I was intimately familiar with and that I lived through. And it's weird when you see like your life in the news, parts of your life. Uh, 
there was a story, um, a classmate of mine, a former classmate of mine who was the first black female, black woman to become um, student body president. And if you understand, I guess to put in place and perspective, student government is a huge fixture on campus. And I don't even know if I can put into words how much of a fixture it is on campus. It's student government elections are stressful. And I ran for, I think it was vice president my sophomore or junior year. Actually, I ran. Yeah, that is. I don't know if I ran the year that she ran. I feel like I did. I feel like I, that was the year that I ran for vice president. But she became, she was elected as the first black woman president. And her being elected meant something. It meant a lot as student. It meant a lot for black students because we we were such a small group on campus and we drove a lot of what happened on campus. So it was a lot of, it was, it's a lot of like a story of, for lack of a better phrasing, American was America. In a lot of ways, we drove a lot of the culture and a lot of what American University was on, known for on that campus, but we weren't often recognized for it. So her being elected meant something, even if you didn't necessarily personally get along or you didn't necessarily, like it was just something like you understood how what this moment in time meant and what she had accomplished and how hard it was for her to accomplish that and the things that she had to overcome to get there. So there was always kind of like a respect factor there that she had done that. And in her first day in office, I'll never forget it, it was the first day of, of exam week and I was walking out of the School of Communications. This was like my last week there and uh, last week in stu- um, school of communication before I, f- I flunked out of the school of communication and I had done, I had stayed up all night doing all night and all day. I think I was there for like midnight to like three or four in the afternoon the next day. Like I was up for like 16 hours and I was exhausted walking out of that basement and out of that computer lab. And what do I see as I'm walking out? My friend at my, fr- well, it was two of my, um, former, I guess, board members on the Black Student Alliance. Back then it was known as the Black Student Alliance. It's now known as Black Student Union. Walking up to our school president, the university president Neil, at the time, Neil Kerwin, outside of the library, they were standing in front of this garden that was recently planted there, and they were going at his throat. <laughs> like they were going at this man. And I had no idea what was going on. I was freaking out because at the time, I was interim everything. I was interim public relations chair. I was interim. I was was the event director. I was interim treasurer. I was just like doing so many jobs, and we were trying to get funding from the school. And I was like, "This is not good." I don't know what they're yelling at this man about, but it was like, "Oh my god!" I was just like, and I was tired too. But he was standing in front of the library, and they were talking to him. And then, as I noticed, as I started to look around, it wasn't just them. It was this huge crowd that was crowding our university president at the time. And I was just like, what in the world is going on? And it was sunny and I was walking over to him. It was like, I walked, I remember walking over to Zay and asking Zay, it was like, what is going on? And he started pointing to the um, MGC, which is like our student activity center. And in front of MGC, there are these two like light poles or like flag poles, I guess. And he was pointing to the top of them. And I could still see like 
pieces of rope. And I was just like, why are you pointing to the rope? And he started to explain to me that there were nooses hung from different points on campus. And one of those points on campus was the Student Activity Center. And I think there was one in these new buildings they had just built, the new science buildings that I don't know if they had finished being built or they were currently being built, but I think there was like nooses over there. There were new, I remember seeing a picture of one on like a school shuttle, which I have no idea to this day how it got on the school shuttle and no one said a word as it was being done on the school shuttle because you have to sit there it's like a bus it's like imagine someone hanging something from a bus hanging a noose from inside a bus and no one saying a word and hanging from these nooses were bananas that had the letters aka on them and that stands for alpha kappa alpha sorry incorporated and i forget the name of the tri or quadra campus chapter that was at American University. I'm forgetting the name of the specific chapter, but Taylor Dumpson, prior to being elected student government president, she was also, she was previously the president. I don't think you can hold those two positions at the same time. So I think she was eventually going to have to give it up, but I think she was, she had either given it up or she was in the process of giving it up of being the president of her chapter of AK. And this was a targeted attack, not only at Taylor, but also at the sorority as a whole and just black women and black students on general, we all took offense to it um, as just being black students on campus and this being her first day in office and this being an historic moment that we all knew was a historic moment. And the events that happened over the next week, not even next week, like next three days. And keep in mind, this is all happening while we're supposed to be studying for exams. And I was freaking out. I did so poorly that semester. I think I, I, I had, I was taking five classes. Out of the four classes I got grades on because I, I took an incomplete on one so that I could finish work later on during the summer, I think I had a 0.8 GPA when I left. And I can say that now because I have my job and I have professional experience and no one's really looking at my GPA like that. And personally, I don't really care about my the end of my junior spring semester GPA at this point in time. I cared about it a lot then because my mom was upset. And even me, like I'm very hard on myself. So I was really upset with myself that I hadn't done well. But I knew a lot of that had been tied because I I was not in a good place beforehand. But I could have salvaged my semester and gotten like a two seven two eight had I just done really well on my exams, which I was capable of doing. But that kind of, because I was in meetings with Black Student Alliance, just all the different, even though we only made up like seven or eight like percent of the campus, we made up like 13 organizations, black or, Black-led organizations on campus. And then you had to add in now the fraternities and sororities, um, Black fraternity and sororities that were coming back on campus that hadn't previously existed during my first two or two and a half years there were starting to come on campus. So they wanted a voice. They wanted a seat at the table. And it was it was a mess. It was a complete and utter mess. And going back to my friend Zay, I don't think people understand, like judging by like the way people were liking that tweet and just interacting with it, they were thinking like, oh, she like, Taylor kind of just, Taylor Dumpson, I hadn't said her name before, she was the student government president that was targeting that attack and that hate crime. I think people kind of looked at it as like her her getting her just due, but she had been through a lot. Like anybody that came in 
my especially my class 2014 to 2018 that period from 2015 to 2017 that was just a that incident was a culmination of the harassment that we had faced as black students and not just harassment that showed up in the news as it did in this specific story but just harassment in general whether it be verbal whether it be mental whether it be physical in some instances um and it was just like she earned every bit of that $735,000. I don't know if she's going to get that money because I don't know where that money's coming from. Um, if it, that person that she sued has that money or it's just more of like a, to make an example out of the type of person to make sure that they they are made an example of in court and know that you can't do this to college students or just black people in general. But she earned every moment of that story as we all did. And there are a lot of black students on campus that endured a lot during that period of time, just like Taylor did, that are probably not not going to get that time, not going to get that money. Not And going back to Zay, just he's one of those students that that period of 2015 to 2017, I'm not exaggerating when I say that it has affected people's not only their collegiate career, but their just their lives up until this point. It, it really has. And Zay is an example of that because Zay, that w- that incident happened. He had decided that he was going to withdraw from the school and he was going to go back home to Tennessee and he was going to try to transfer into Tennessee State, get a job, do whatever he needs to do, do whatever they need to do. I'm sorry. Um, Zay used they, them pronouns. So Zay say whatever they needed to do to get back into their I guess their collegiate like flow because they had they was very very smart and was not it was unapologetic about being that smart and then when I say Zay was smart I'm saying Zay wasn't just gonna he Zay they didn't just they they could have gotten straight A's if they wanted to but Zay was just brilliant outside of academics like Zay would have owned a nonprofit. Zay would have helped so many different people had Zay had they just lived a longer life. And I guess that's preleading to what I was getting to. Zay left withdrawal that week, withdrew that week. And I don't think Zay ever got a chance to go back to college because they were saving up money working. And I don't know if Zay actually got to enroll in Tennessee State before. I think Zay passed away it's either September or October of 2017. It was it was my final sem- se- Zay passed away September October 2018. So it was a few months before I actually got my degree, and I remember getting that phone call, and it was it was one of the saddest moments of my life because I think Zay was 21 or 22 when they passed, and that's what I say like. From that week to Zay's passing, Zay never got a chance to go back into a college class- classroom after that. And I could I could give you countless stories, not to make anybody feel sad for any of us, but like there are people that just never their college experience was never the same after that. It just wasn't like that twenty to twenty fifteen to twenty seventeen period. People are just not gonna. It's that's why I say it's hard for me to get through the bad to get to the good. Because my life has changed. Like when I go into a when I go as a journalist, the first thing journalism news organizations do when they 
when they look at you, they're they're gonna look at Google. And I know this because I've worked um in different places. They're they're gonna Google you. Before they even look at your resume, they may look at your resume first, but they're gonna Google you. That is gonna be the first or the second thing that they do. They're gonna Google your name and Google different identifiers next to your name. So they're gonna Google Ryan Shepard, North Plainfield, Ryan Shepard, Washington, DC, Ryan Shepard, American University. It's gonna come up. And the first thing that you do when you put in my name and American University comes up next to it are all of those incidents because I'm quoted in a lot of those articles that were written because I was the PR person for the Black Student Alliance. And just beyond that, I, I went on NPR, I went on different things, and I had to go and talk about these things. And that kind of like brought up my, furthered my, my interest in news media and how people did their job. Shout out to, I think his name is Bracton Booker. He's, he's, now, he's now been promoted since then, since that incident at NPR to, I think he's a national politics reporter now. But he helped out a lot and just different reporters. But when you Google my name, that, like that's the first thing that comes up. Like I don't think there's been an interview since that's happened that someone hasn't asked me either a veiled question about those experiences or just a very direct question about the experiences. When I say veiled, somebody will ask me, Hey, how do you feel about your time at American University? And I know what they're getting at because I can I I notice the question that go into that question and then the question that come after that question and it's always it always comes up. People always bring it up, and I'm sure that's the same for anybody else that's names even remotely close to that story. And I'm sure it's even worse for Taylor because now not only are, is when you Google her name is that story going to come up? It's the court case that's not going to come up. Like our, our lives are not, are never not going to be the same, not just because of that specific incident, because there was a previous incident that happened before that. And that a similar incident that happened before that got a lot of news attention. And then there was the yik yaks and there was the, uh, just, I could go, I could go on and on and on about the different experiences that shape people's lives. So going back to that, like immediate question, I mean, the first question, the initial question I asked my father was like, did I make the right decision? Because you can say like, hey, yeah, sure, those type of things could happen to anybody at any time, at any school, just because you're black and because you went to a PWI. Um, but I don't remember this kind of stuff happening to the degree that it happened. Not in the saying that, that it didn't happen, but to the degree that it happened at GW. Or say I had gone to Howard. Like, who's to say that my financial aid would have held up? Given that the, some of the things, the horror stories I've heard from certain students there, um, in the different, in, like, the incidents that, like, or circumstances that a lot of HBCUs are facing. Because I did get into Howard and that was the school I was considering. But who's to say that there are a lot of HBCUs facing financial difficulties, not of their own doing, but just the society that we live in is just hard, a lot harder for HBCUs to stay open financially, at least, even though they're still producing so much great intellectual and academic and entertainment talent across the board. It's just financially, it's just hard for them to hold up. So who's to say that my financial aid would have held up, especially having to do an extra semester um, or say that I went to the University of Miami. Who's to say I would have focused in four years at the University of Miami, but would I've had a better time? Would I've been happier? Would would I have had the same experience that I had? And I, I don't think I would have wanted to have the same experience, but I think a lot about something that one of my high school advisors told me. His name's Colin Lord. 
And I remember early in my freshman experience, my time at American University, I felt really out of place. I really didn't feel like I needed to be there. I really, I really, really, really wanted to transfer after my freshman year. And it's a miracle that I didn't. Like, I still have no idea how I walked back on that campus my sophomore year. And I'm kind of glad I did because my sophomore year was my favorite year of college. But I think about something you told me. is like, you're there for a reason. You may not know what your reason is, but... It'll, it'll show itself sooner sooner or later, sooner rather than later. And it took me some time, but I understand what the reason why I was there for. And I the only question I have now is, was that reason enough for me to have been there for four and a half years to deal with the things that we dealt with that we probably won't even talk about on this podcast? Because to be honest with you, I could make a podcast in itself interviewing and talking to people and talking about my own experiences as well relating to that 2015 to 2017 period and just completely ignore that I was there for a semester in 2014 and two semesters in 2018. Like we could just have, we can have a conversation just about those three, three and a half years, like just three years, I guess, worth of schooling and just forget an entire year. And that could be its own podcast. So I don't know what my dad would have said. I don't even know if he would have been cool with me going to American University. Because I know in talking to my family, like my aunt was, my aunt Liz was very, was very, she was very high on Howard University. And I was still, as I said before, I was still considering Howard University. My mom was like, she was, I don't know if she like had a, she never, my mom never really, at least in college, um, in high school, she had more of a hands-on approach <laughs> with me. She still let me make the final decision, but she definitely, like there were certain schools she just ruled out immediately when I was applying to schools in high school. But in college, she kind of just let me do my thing, but I, I sensed her kind of like leaning towards either Howard or University of Miami, preferably. And I ultimately chose American just because if when I was on campus, when I went there, for my revisit, it just felt right. Like I knew, like I had taken a train from where I was in high school in Wallingford, Connecticut, which I guess I'll talk about in a later episode, my experiences in boarding school. But I took, I think the train ride was like seven or eight hours. It was a super long train. And I was just like, if I can have a positive experience after taking an eight hour tiring train ride. It was just a really boring train ride down there and having to go through all that. If I could do that and still have a good time, I'm probably going to enjoy the school. Like if I'm willing to go through all this to get to the school, I'm probably going to be happy. And I always loved the city of DC, which is probably why I'm still here now. Um, for no other reason that I just love the city. So I don't know what my dad would have said about me going to college. I don't know if he, he would have rather sided with my mom, sided with my aunt. Um, I also got into Morehouse College, and I know that would have made my brother proud to see me at Morehouse College. But I go, I'll, I'll never forget what C. Laura told me. It was like, you're there for a reason. He told me that my freshman year, and I had no idea. But I was there for a reason. And... I completed that reason because I feel like after all the mess that we went through those two or three years after I graduated the school, 
the school is always going to have its issues. To this day, it still has its issues. But it's no way near as bad as it used to be. And I can say that not being there, but just seeing the outside looking in. We're not in the news as much as anymore. If anything, we're in the news still because of what happened those two to three years. But we're in a better, the school's in a better place. And uh, that for that, I'm happy. And I, I'd like to think that if I didn't have a role in making that happen, that the people that I was around and the people that I helped out and that I worked to help out get their I guess their goals across that they made a change and that they made a positive impact on the university. So for today's episode, I guess that's it. My name is Ryan Shepard and this is episode four of the Dear Charlie podcast. I'll see you tomorrow. Peace. I could recall when your lips used to contort in the smiles. Bright as the sun is drawn in the clips. I haven't seen light in a while. Hasn't been bright in a while.